Hey guys, how you doing? I got a very special guest today. He's none other than Red's radio and TV broadcaster, Chris Welch. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for joining. Um, this is, I wish it was under better circumstances. I wish the Reds were, you know, having a, a great season and everything, and, and we could be celebrating them. But unfortunately, they're off to one of the worst starts in franchise history in 2-11. and 11, And they're severely injured and all this stuff's going on. What, what We do have Hunter Green. Is there any hope to the season at all? <laughs> well, you know, I, I worked with George Grand for 17 years as a play-by-play guy. He, he was next to me. And, you know, George had a lot of old sayings that, you know, seemed to kind of ring true. And one of my favorite ones that he would repeat would be, you know, you're never as bad as you appear and you're never as good as you think you are. So somewhere in between, I think this team is, you know, this is the perfect storm of catastrophe. You had all these injuries coming out of spring training. You let a lot of veteran players go, didn't replace those with other veteran players. And then you go out and play the world champions. You go out to the West Coast where the Reds have already struggled many times and things just don't click. So, you know, right now the Reds are running out nowhere near the team that they thought they would. Uh, Things are going to get better. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I was trying to tell some Reds fans because I've had some Reds fans message me like, oh, we got to get rid of David Bell. And I'm like, have you seen the lineup? <laughs> like, what is the man supposed to do? I mean, they're uh, they're severely injured. I mean, they you know, like you said, they got rid of a lot of veterans. Like my favorite guy, two of my favorite guys, Jesse Winker and Nick Cassianos. But you know, and they replaced him with eh, Tommy Pham starting to come around and some other guys. But but Nick Senzel, that guy cannot stay healthy. And I would love. I mean, I know he's back in the lineup, but I would love to see him as in a full season, injury free, and actually see what the kid can actually do. I agree with you 100%, and that's why they drafted him in the first round. I think he was the second pick taken overall when he came out of the draft out of University of Tennessee. He was listed by every scout who saw him play as the most advanced player in the draft, hitting-wise, and he's got the other stuff. He can run. He's got a good baseball instinct. You know, it's kind of strange. I don't know whether you've seen it or not, or maybe it's just an anecdote, but it just seems like those guys that get injured a little bit even though if you start looking at their injuries and say, well, he was sick here and he got a ball off his thumb here and he broke his finger here, you know, they don't seem to be related, but sometimes players are plagued by maybe a string of bad luck. And I hope that Nick Senzel can shed that this year because, you know, when you see him play healthy, he can be the catalyst that the Reds need. I mean, and they need several, but he's one of those main guys. Yeah, exactly. And I, I kind of asked you two questions here and they didn't get, get you a chance to answer the other one. But uh, Nick Senzel, you, yeah, I agree with you completely on that. And hopefully this is the year that he can he can put it together. Now, I started that question out with with David Bell. And like I said, I, I don't think this is his fault at all. I'm not sure what David Bell is supposed to do with, with this this lineup that he's been throwing out there with the last couple uh, weeks with the injuries and everything. What's your thoughts on David Bell? I, I guess really better than evaluating David Bell. You know, people want to blame somebody when something goes wrong, right? And in the case of the Reds right now, you know, it's easy to blame David Bell because he's the manager. It's maybe even easier to blame the owners because they didn't spend the money that, you know, people thought that they would to keep the team together and so on. I didn't think that this the, the roster, the way they had it, was a roster that was going to work very well going forward. There were just too many pieces that overlapped. You had some older guys, you're paying a lot of money. And and so I didn't really have a problem with what they did. But here, I think, is the bottom line for the Reds and their problems. They have had over the last eight years 
different voices directing the ball club. They had Walt Jockety in command and then brought in Dick Williams and then a kind of combination of Nick Crawl. So over the last few years, they've changed the way they've done things in the minor leagues. They've changed the way that they've traded for people. They've made some trades that have completely backfired. These are trades not for saving money, but for trying to get players in return, like the Aroldis Chapman deal. I mean, if you get a couple of players that are good out of a Roldis Chapman deal, you, you it changes everything along the line. So I don't think that they've had a a one voice direction. So you know, you got a curve here, and then you got another curve here, and then you got another curve, and now we got to go back and we have to rebuild again. Sometimes it's just easier to tell the truth and say, hey, you know what? This isn't a, a roster that we can sustain this year. We're going to rebuild a little bit, but. We've got some great pieces. I mean, this is an exciting ball club if you start picking apart the little pieces on the team, starting with tonight's starter, uh, Hunter Green. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in baseball that is more of a watchable day at the ballpark than watching Hunter Green pitch. Exactly. Chris, I could not have said that better. And that, that to me, has been one of the biggest problems with the Reds is, you know, we go this direction, then we go that direction. Like 2020, they went all in and spent all the money and all of us Reds fans got excited. And, you know, we had the, the, the pandemic and everything happened. And then 19, they didn't spend as much money. And now I, I agree. With you. That's that's where I think what Reds fans want. If Phil Castellini would just came out and said, hey, look, we're looking to rebuild. 2024 is going to be the year that we we could compete. We have guys in our minor leagues and this is what we're going to do just, and, and and stick with a plan. But they, they kind of, I think, kind of pivoted and said, oh, people are upset. Let's go sign Tommy Pham. Let's go sign this guy. And. And it's kind of like we're Cincinnati is a very smart baseball town. I know people are calling it a football town. It's still a baseball town, you know, but so we have smart fans. So we know what we're talking about. And when you come out and you keep telling us you're trying to win, we know you're not, we know you're trying to rebuild. We're trying to save money and that, and just tell us the truth. But like you said, Hunter green, there are some, some highlights, Hunter green and Nick Lodolo, I think are going to be awesome. Now Nick Lodolo hasn't been as exciting as Hunter green, but Holy smokes. Hunter Green, what did he throw? Eight, nine pitches over 101 miles an hour the other day in his, in his last uh, start? That's unbelievable. Well, that certainly makes him watchable, uh, and that is for sure. I think he's probably the most watchable pitcher in all of baseball right now. Just like the Reds when they had Aroldis Chapman on the mound, he was the freak of baseball, you know, throwing the ball as hard as he does. Hunter Green, though, makes it look so easy the way he does it. I, I love him because he's got, number one for me, for Hunter Green, his desire to be great. He is so in belief of what it takes to work. He's not afraid of hard work. He's been doing it his whole life. I think he's been raised kind of like Tiger Woods was raised. I mean, he was raised to be this guy on the mound for the Major League Ball Club, you know, his entire life. So he's dedicated to the process. Number two, he's got incredible talent. Those 100 miles an hour very easily. Number three, his family raised him terrific. I mean, he understands what life is all about. He's way mature beyond his years. I mean, my kids were never that mature at that age. I was never that mature at that age. <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> He's got all the ingredients, you know, to be a great one. And I think people want to push that sled a little bit ahead of the horses here. But I think at the same time, he's going to get it just a matter of, of when. Uh, he's already made great strides. I love watching the kid pitch. I love talking to him. His family's wonderful. I mean, the Reds made a, a great pick when they ended up with Hunter Green. Oh, absolutely. And, and and if you ever want to hear anything about his family and how, how good his family are, just go go watch the, the Jim Day interview that he had with them on, on Bally Sports, yeah. uh, Hunter Green's first uh, start there in, in Atlanta. It was it was awesome. I mean, his dad was welling up with, with, with pride mm -hmm. and fighting the tears back. His mom was ecstatic. I mean, just hearing them talk of 
how you know I, how much work they put he put into this. The whole family put into this, and then watching Hunter at the end of it when he started uh, see he started almost well up in case he saw his parents coming down. So it was that was a great day as far as Reds go and, and the future of the Cincinnati Reds. I don't think there's any quick doubt about it. And I think that he's just one of those pieces. You know, you have Nick Lodolo and Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India. You've got players coming on uh, in the minor leagues. Finally, the Reds have some of their best players at double A on the verge of triple A and then triple A. So, you know, you've got some great pieces down there. Now, the question is out of this group that you have right now, who's going to survive? Okay. Uh, is Tommy Pham going to be good enough to bring back on his option year next year? Um, wh- what are you going to do about the third base situation? You know, um, so he, he is Donovan Solano a guy that is going to uh, be long term, or is he just a fill in until you get somebody else? So they've got some work to do, no doubt. But I feel better about it now because they have one voice uh, working, and that's Nick Crawl. And if you have one voice working, you don't have people behind you trying to subvert, you know, the opinion a different way. So. I think it's good. Uh, we'll see how it works out in the long run, but they've got some good pieces that are exciting to watch. Well, I'll tell you this just by talking to you. You're already making me feel better about the Reds because I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I've been so just irritated the last couple of years just, it's just because we had, like, 2020, Chris, we had a, a team that could have won the World Series. I mean, that pitching staff was unbelievable, and I, I, and I know we couldn't keep everybody. And then last year, that team fought and fought and fought, and the bullpen just blew so many games that it took them – so long to get bullpen help. And by the time they did, it seemed like it was too late. And it's just, oh my goodness. And then, you know, trading all the guys uh, in the offseason and everything. It just is as a diehard Reds fan. And I am. And I'm very passionate. And I get oh. very upset with them because I want to win. You know, I mean, I grew up, I said this before, I grew up in, in the 80s, 90s, from 19, the, when, the years you were playing, from 1985, you're still playing then, to like 1995. If, if they had the playoff scheme like they do now, Hell, the Reds would have been in the playoffs almost every year. I mean, from 85 to uh, 88, I think it was. Yeah, 88. They were in second place. They could they, Every year, they finished in second place. If they had the playoffs like they do now, we'd be in, you know, in the playoffs. Instead of, you know, then you had to go into – you had to win the whole thing. So, that's the, the, the era I grew up in where they were always competitive. They were always in it. And my kids have grown up where it hasn't been that way. We've had, like, you know, since the ballpark opened, I think we went to the playoffs, I think, four times. And that's just disheartening. But in this, today's day and age, I think they have to, with the Reds' small market, as they always claim, you have to build from within, and you have to stick to a plan. And so you're making me feel better about Nick Crawl because I'm not, I'm not totally sold on Nick Crawl. I don't know if he's a guy or not, but I also think he's been given a, you know, a fungo bat and some, uh, you know, gorilla glue. And here, go figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, you know, the proof is in the pudding a few years down the road. What kind of team can you put together? Are they competitive and so on? You have to work within whatever constraints you have, okay? But if you're losing a lot of games, it means you're drafting high. So you can't miss on those draft picks. If you look back, the Reds have not missed on too many draft picks going all the way back to, say, 2013. They've done a pretty good job, you know, uh, in the first round where they have blacking is trying to pick the diamonds in the rough. We haven't seen a lot of players come through, especially position players, come through and be ready. Right now, they could use some guys in the minor leagues who can play outfield and uh, and infield as well. So uh, we hope that that gets on track. Uh, I think that they took a major step backwards a few years ago when they defi- decided to to uh, farm out their 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 pitching philosophy uh, to a, to somebody that never pitched before. I think that they're going to redo that. 
uh, and that they're going back to actually trying to pitch instead of just trying to hurl the ball by hitters, uh, which really ended up in a lot of injuries that, that could have been prevented, uh, in my opinion anyway. But um, these are all the things that you learn as you move on. And you're a Reds fan. I'm a Reds fan. The way you put you know, butts in the seats is you put winners on the field. It's right. easy to fall in love with certain players. You can't do that if you want to really put a team on the field. You you know, you have to know when to fold them and when to run. Right. And uh, you got to know when to trade your players, and you don't wait too long to do that. And I think that that's been one of the problems. But, again, when you have multiple voices, you know, you have a tough time making decisions. Exactly, exactly. Now, now tonight's game, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's on Apple TV. Is that is that correct? So, so it's not on Valley Sports. Yeah. If you have Apple TV – It'll be free. It'll be a little different than what most of the broadcasts that you've seen around. Uh, And uh, I have watched an Apple TV broadcast of the Reds, and uh, I think fans are going to enjoy it. If you'd rather listen to uh, one of your hometown guys call the game, Tommy Thrall and I would be on radio tonight. I was going to ask you if you're, if you're going to be on the radio tonight, which I I, I figured you would be. So, and uh, I, I by the way, I, I really enjoy uh, Tommy Thrall and, and you on the radio together. I think you guys do a great job. You and the Cowboy, everybody loves the Cowboy. But I, I think Tommy Thrall has has done a really good job stepping into the Hall of Famer's shoes. I mean, he hasn't. Nobody's going to replace Marty Brenneman. That's never going to happen. But I think Tommy's done a pretty good job of trying to uh, carve out his own niche. I, I I I think you guys seem like you really enjoy working together with him. You got to be yourself. And I think that's what Tommy does. You can't try to be Marty Brenneman or you can't try to be, you know, Bob Costas or somebody that you are not. Uh, Tommy's himself. He's, he calls a good game. He's got he's, his voice is easy on the ears. And although those are the ingredients that can make a really fine broadcaster. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I want to ask you a question about some of the rule changes that they possibly could be uh, invoking here. And the one that that I you might want to consider might be the Chris Welch rule, the throwing over to first base. Because <laughs> everybody knows, you know, the story of you throwing over. I, I always ask you this every time you come on, can I forget how many times you threw over there? 17. 17 times. So <laughs> um, so what what is your thoughts on that? I, to me, I'm kind of like, it's, how are you going to tell people how they can and can't play the game? Like, yes, they're shifting. I don't know. I'm always like, and people call me old, hit the ball the other way. All right. You're throwing the ball over. And to me, that's just taking the strategy out of the game more. I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about those things? Well, you know, the baseball is trying to do two things. Number one, they're trying to speed up the game. Right. Number two, they're trying to put more action in the game. And the problem is, is that pitchers have now gone way ahead of the hitters. They throw the ball harder than ever. Their breaking pitchers are nastier than ever. The starters only go five innings, so they can go, you know, foot to the floor from the very first pitch of the game. It used to be when I would start a game, I'm thinking, all right, I've got to save something for the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning here. And uh, But they don't think about that anymore. They just go as hard as they can, as long as they can. They get them out, and they bring in a guy that comes in throwing harder. So, Hitters are behind the curve there because they've got to make decisions on fastballs faster and earlier than they've ever had before, and you just don't see enough offense. So MLB is trying to to change that, and they've incorporated this rule where pitchers are only allowed to throw over. This is in the minor leagues, the lower level of minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, only maximum of two times per plate appearance for a batter. On, on the third time, it's a balk. So – you know, what, what it will do is, you know, have a if a smart team goes out there and decides to push that rule, the envelope a little bit, you go out way off the base, you get a one-way lead, you go back, the pitcher throws over. Now he knows he can only throw over one more time. That includes a step off, by the way. Oh, really? And then the third time he just takes off running. So um, 
yeah, is, is it going to uh, give us more stolen bases? Absolutely it is. But I think it, it's going to be a catastrophe because it changes the strategy of the entire game. There are other ways to do that, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but I, th I think when you start limiting that number of throws over to first base, it's a problem. Here's the, here. Remember, when Major League Baseball decides to do all this, they have anointed Theo Epstein as the guy inside Major League Baseball. He's an advisor to the commissioner to come up with a lot of these suggested rule changes. Now, to his credit, he's gone out and got a lot of opinions from a lot of different people. But, you know, he's a very creative forward thinker and not afraid to make changes uh, that maybe we're going to rub some old timers uh, the wrong way. So I, I don't know about I, I don't like that particular change at all. I, I don't think it's actually going to ever be implemented in the major leagues. I, I hope not, because I, I really do think that really, like you said, affects the strategy of the game. And and like I said, the whole thing with shifting, I hate the shift, but to me, I'm, I'm just like, they're Major League Baseball. You say it on the broadcast all the time, bunt, <laughs> bunt the ball down third base and you can run forever. I, if they, you do that enough time, they'll stop doing it. But I know that doesn't pay, you know, everybody gets paid for home runs and all that stuff. So I don't know if they'll ever do that. Um, so are you okay with them uh, outlawing the shift? Or do you want to the, the keep it? Or where are you at on that? You know, I, I've gone kind of back and forth on that issue because I can understand the reason for baseball doing that. It would have more action in the game, but it would really benefit only one class of hitter, a slow left-handed hitter that, you know, kind of slogs his way to first base. And, you know, if, if you're going to, you know, make a rule that's going to affect one type of pitcher. Why not help out a left-handed or one type of hitter? Why not help out a left-handed pitcher? Yeah. Why not help out a, a right-handed starting pitcher? Or why not help, you know, a fast outfielder? So <clears throat> I, I don't really get where they're going to, you know, specifically change the rules so that we affect, you know, one hitter in, in the entire game of baseball. That's where I have a problem with that. Right. Uh, now, the other part of it is about bunning, and I'm going to sound like an old guy shouting at the clouds on this, but me too. people tell me, <laughs> People tell me that that pitchers are throwing too hard nowadays to lay a bunt down. And I say in return, get over to the ballpark at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you never see anybody actually practicing bunting. They practice off coaches that are throwing 60 miles an hour and they do it half-heartedly, bunt the third, bunt the first, and then everything is, you know, then they go back to swinging. So I, I think that if you you brought a generation of, of ball players up who were taught how to stay inside the ball and hit the ball the other way, go for batting averages instead of home runs, then you would see players be able to hit the ball the other way. But right now, right now, they're not drafting those players. They're not developing those players like that because home run is king and you can't do both. You can't hit the ball the other way like Tony Gwynn and go deep, you know, um, at the same time. So, you know, pick your poison. It's one or the other. Exactly, exactly. Well, Chris, you've given me almost 20 minutes. I appreciate it. Um, tell everybody about your, your baseball rules uh, 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 online thing you have and, and whatever, whatever else you want to promote before I let you go. Well, I'll only promote one thing, and that's my baseball rules website. It's called baseballrulesacademy.com. Totally free um, to look up any rule in baseball, any level, high school, college, uh, major league baseball, summer ball is what uh, really rules the, the rule sets. Uh, for all the kids who play high school during the spring, they play summer ball and travel ball. That's always the official baseball rules. Uh, we just added uh, a, a number of uh, things to the site. I mean, we've probably got another 15 brand new uh, pieces of content out there, uh, blogs and videos and so on. Sent one out today about 
uh, type two obstruction. I won't even ask you whether you know what that is because you probably haven't had a chance to read that post yet. But uh, these are the kind of things that coaches and umpires should be well known for. Uh, I've got, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're getting about five or 6,000 people a day on the site, so they enjoy it. Uh, like I say, it's free. Log on. Uh, become a member and you'll get the mailings free and so on. And uh, if you ever want to unsubscribe, all you got to do is do that. So uh, thanks for letting me promote that. I do that, Jeff, actually, because it's my way of giving back to the baseball community right. for allowing me to basically have a lifetime career in and around the game of baseball. I'm very lucky, so very lucky to be associated with the Reds for this long. And I just wanted to give back a little bit. Exactly. I, I appreciate it. I think it's a, it's a great uh, website because – there's so many rules that you don't even know. And I'm like, well, let's go look it up. And you got them all listed there. It's, it's really a, a great, a great tool to have for, for anybody who wants to know, you know, any rule, any rule in, in, in baseball, it's in there. So. You, you know what, Jeff? I'll tell you where it can really help the, 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 the most common fan. You can win a bar bet. If you yes. know the rules. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you're talking free beer. Now, now you're talking my language, Chris. There we go. <laughs> all right, man. Appreciate it. Have a good broadcast, and hopefully we'll have a win tonight. That'd you got great. it. I'm hoping so, and uh, make sure you tune in to Hunter Green because uh, he is yeah. something special. Exactly. Adios. Right, hey, see ya.